guys, we are live on the Facebooks and the YouTubes. Brian Johnson, Jake LaRose, we are the Freedom Path Investors, and we have special guests today, the Tituses, Scott and Lillian. Say hi. Um, Hello. Patriot Homebuyers. Yes. And Mr. Lane Foritz, Fast Lane Real Estate, the coolest real estate investment company name in St. Louis. Yeah, just <laughs> After Patriot, but like funds. Hey, so uh, anybody tuning in today, we're going live. Uh, if you guys have any questions, we're going to be talking about wholesaling and direct seller marketing. So we're all investors. We're all buying our own deals for rentals and rehabs, but we're also wholesaling and it all starts with marketing direct sellers. So we're going to talk a little bit about what different methods we all go through um, to reach out to sellers, maybe a little bit about running appointments and um, with sellers in person and what's working for everybody in their business today. So. Um, so Jake, Jake and I are doing a lot of direct mail. Um, that's been our one constant thing since the get go. Um, we started out brand new business. We had no pipeline and we needed to fill it, fill it up really quick. So really we haven't took the pedal up the gas there since we started. No, we're still doing a lot of direct mail for sure. Yeah. And probably do more of the Bruce in here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talked about that a little bit, but. Uh, other than that, we're doing a lot of uh, just cold reaching out to sellers, uh, text messaging, cold calling. Kind of gave up on the cold calling there. We weren't really having much success with that at all. So, yeah. um, Other than that, though, we've been starting to dive more into uh, paid online ads. Um, so we've been doing Facebook, YouTube. Well, I've been doing it for a couple months. It hasn't really resulted in a whole lot yet, but um, that's really the direction we're trying to go. So. Um, and you got anyway. Um, we'll uh, we'll get into that more. But first, uh, why don't you guys tell your tell the audience a little bit about yourselves, how you got started in real estate? Well, I can uh, might sound good for you. Yeah, you're good. Okay, yeah. so really for me, I was working seven hours a week at a corporate job probably five years ago, and uh, yeah, five or six years ago, and I just got tired of it. I mean, I was I was getting there at four in the morning and and leaving. Sometimes it was dark to dark. I mean, I, you know, it was just a and I enjoyed it, right? I was a management and I enjoyed it, but eventually it just became a thing that there was something missing. There was, I knew that I was making the management payment yeah. doing the owner role. And so, I, exactly. So I decided to, to get out, I was doing self storage, I was doing U-Haul rentals, I was a GM there. And I, in the spare time, I just decided to look at YouTube and, and, and went to YouTube University yeah. and for about six months, I, I watched every single podcast, you know, so right now there's probably someone watching you guys that's learning you know, yeah. about getting out of their job or whatever. And that's what I did. I, I listened to every podcast, watched every YouTube video, went to every single forum and just pretty much learned real estate from YouTube. You know, I joined up with some, paid for some mentors, did all that route. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> you, 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 did, uh, you did Jason Palliser's blueprint, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have him. Podcast. We're actually signed up for that. Uh, we're gonna be doing yeah, that next month. Right? Next month in, in March. So that's mm -hmm. gonna be really exciting. Actually, he told us that that was the first blueprint that you went to. Yeah, that was the first yeah. one. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about that. I called Jason Palliser for money. All right, I said, you know, he was gonna he was a private lender, and, and I thought, you know, okay, I've, I've watched a few YouTube videos. I can pitch my my deal to a lender. And we got off the foot. He goes. You don't actually know what you're doing, do you? <laughs> Not a clue, man. So. At the end, he goes, you know, I could probably help you. And, and, and we talked about it. He said, I haven't helped anybody in a while, but, you know, I've done this for years. And probably one of the best decisions I made. I mean, that really kind of jump-started into 
you know, theory of real estate to actually, okay, here's what I got to do. Here's the steps. And, and then from there, you know, we've joined up with some acquisition people. We've done it on our own. And now currently me and the boss, we do it ourselves. <laughs> so Lily, what, at what point did you enter into the fray here? Uh, right away. Oh, I got thrown into it. So when um, I quit my job, I did medical billing for seven years and I quit uh, for family purposes, but we jumped in and it was one of those things where we're like, well, okay, so gotta not do the normal nine to five, gotta be home for a while. Yeah. And that was probably four or five months into him and his YouTube university courses. <laughs> and uh, so I just jumped in and I started like back then it was, it was Craigslist. So I was doing yeah. Craigslist ads and like reaching out to people that way and getting cussed out. First house we bought was in uh, Godfrey, Illinois, and we wholesaled that a um, long time ago. And so jumped in pretty quick. Made three grand, right? Made three grand. Hardest three grand I've ever made. They were a little interesting people. Um, and then a few months later, uh, he kept pushing me because I'm, I'm a licensed realtor. And uh, he kept pushing me that I needed to get my license, yeah. and I kept ignoring him. And then he just paid for my class and mentioned my social security number and said, "Here you go, do this." <laughs> wow! Wow! Really? Yeah. Into it. Yeah, but I, I cussed him for about two weeks and then and then started it. So it was it was good though. I but, love it. But yeah, you love being an agent, mm -hmm. don't you? I do. I love yeah. it. I love it. And it's it's nice because um, like we're talking about wholesaling, but. Sometimes those, you know, wholesale mm -hmm. prices don't work for people, so I'll just go in and list it, and just at least be able to be a, a resource for the people we meet with. Yeah, so you have, all, you have multiple solutions and so forth. Exactly. We just kind of hand them a menu. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's great. You guys make an awesome team. Yeah, it's yeah, good well, stuff. A little power couple. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's the brains on the beauty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. What about you, Lane? Where'd you get your sign? Uh, so I first started um, after a couple of. Uh, Career changes. So I first was in the Air Force as an officer that got out of that in 2013. Came to St. Louis and started off a uh, uh, engineering job, and I got burnt out of that really fast. <laughs> and uh, throughout, I guess most of my adult life, I've always like I've heard about rentals and flipping was cool, but I just I wanted to own real estate. I knew that that was a goal of mine, whether it be you know at any point, you know, up to till retirement. Like I knew I was gonna buy some properties. I just had no idea how to do it or where to start or when I was gonna start. Right, yeah. So uh, having that goal in mind, I started uh, learning more about real estate investing and I got plugged in with my uh, now broker and he kind of showed me some introductory things and um, I just, I, I figured out how I could buy houses for little to no money out of pocket through the firm. Yeah. And so uh, first year, first year and a half or so, I bought four rental properties and then I got laid off from my engineering job. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but uh, I had the plan of actually quitting six months uh, after I got laid off. So I, it was about six months earlier than what I had expected. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that just kind of pushed me in full time. And I talked to my wife and I said, hey, uh, well, I did get some more job offers and I interviewed and stuff, but I was just like, and if this, you know, if I, if I can make what I think I can make, I, I'm going to be so much more happy doing real estate investing. Your and, mind was already made. Yeah. Up, so. And uh, so after that first year, um, 
like all inclusive rentals and, and flips uh, and wholesales, uh, I ended up making 25% more than I made in my engineering job. That's really And awesome. so uh, I was kind of from there on out, it's you know, looking back. I'm very happy with, uh, the, the, I mean, this, it, it's just, if you have the right personality and the right drive and everything, it's it's great. But it is it is very hard to get started, and it was hard, but it, it is very much worth it. So were you like Scott, where you looked into like YouTube and started to dive in some of those channels and podcasts, or did you? Yeah, bigger pockets. Okay. Uh, it was a big big thing. Uh, I joined uh, the Southside Investment Club uh, early on and learned the burn method and learned you know uh, hard money lending and those types of things. Uh, but as you'll find out when you do those things, you learn a lot of general information yeah. and it's purposeful for that because the specific information is that, that always bugged me. I'm like, why can't anybody tell me like what I need to do? But <laughs> if somebody has to tell you what to do, like this isn't the business for you. You got to be the glue to fill all of that general information and yeah. put in your own specific information to make it work for your situation. Right. There's, there's nuances and right. how these deals are working. You gotta I, I see so many new people like starting out. They're saying, "Hey, uh, who who can mentor me? I'll give you 10% of my deal." And it's like <laughs> you're gonna have to pay a higher price of admission if you really want to be serious mm -hmm. about this. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Lay. I think one of the first times I met you was at Southside. Mm -hmm. And funny story about the Craigslist ads. I think when I first started, that was one of the things they said: go on Craigslist to find deals. So I reached out to you about how you guys said on there. Yeah. And you probably don't remember, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've been running across the pass for years now. So mm -hmm. funny, we're all kind of come full circle. That we're in the same mastermind together and kind of have similar businesses for what we're doing. So. Well, it shows the people too that have lasted, because like he said, it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know, in this business, and and we were kind of reflecting that you know five years in, a lot of businesses fail. You know, in the first five years, and so real estate's definitely up and down. You know, so you have your highs and your lows, and you got to manage that. But just to show that we've all did it. So, Scott, what was some of the first uh, early forms of marketing that you were doing? You started. Well, I was uh, doing Craigslist. I was doing um, handwritten letters. Yeah. So I went out and bought a whole bucket of yellow letters, a whole yeah. packet. Nice. And I recruited my whole family, my son, everybody else, and we all <laughs> licked envelopes and we sent out yellow letters. <laughs> yeah, awesome. sure I was uh, hitting all the for sale by owners on Zillow. Yep. I was doing, uh, you know, anybody I could find. I was really just kind of looking at all the websites and, and really like we found the one deal on Craigslist and then uh, the other deal, I think both of the first two were on Craigslist and then after that it just pretty much fizzled out. Um, but then we actually had some big wins in the beginning and so then we started Google pay-per-click, yeah. did that yeah. for a while. And then the big boys booted me out of that field pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. oh, it got really yeah, expensive. Six months of that. <laughs> we started doing flips and everything, and then now. Do you get deals out of it though, or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Best, oh, yeah. Buy, best buy we ever had was a, a paper clip. Nice. Did you guys buy like a St. Charles house for like ten grand? That was it. That was it. Eleven thousand dollars on it. Yeah. Eleven grand. It was funny because oh, wow. I was at a yeah. Chinese buffet and he called me, <laughs> and, he, and I just you know said, hey, and he said, I got a house and. I said, well, where's it at? And he told me, and I said, well, what are you kind of looking for? He said, well, probably around $10,000. I know it needs everything, right? He's a contractor. He said, if I did this work, it would cost me a hundred grand. It's grandma's house. She can't do it. It was condemned. And, wow. and I said, 
Let me finish this egg roll. I'll be right over. So I went right over there and made a side in the field on the trash can lit outside. And yeah. I walked it through. So breaking. That's awesome. <laughs> so so speaking of uh, cold calling from the Zillow for sale by owners, um, the guy Chris Cleveland, which I'm sure everyone here knows. Yes. I went to his wholesale boot camp and he said, Well, a great way to cut your teeth on cold calling is just to be on there and call the Bisbos. But he goes, He's like, You're not gonna buy any of them. <laughs> like, you'll just get used to being cussed out. And that'll that'll bridge the gap for the uh, the courage to, to do more cold calling. I thought that's interesting. So that's how I started doing it. I started my own business to it first um, before I got on the acquisitions and oh man that was that was rough calls. I, I did land a few appointments actually. I came close to getting a few deals but nothing. nothing I remember right. the first time I picked up the phone to call a seller and I was just shaking like it's you have to get a lot of reps and yeah. why you can say to start with the low hanging fruit. Yeah know, exactly. We're going on Craigslist and calling people on there but yeah um, if you if you're not a pro or comfortable of naturally talking to people like you really gotta work you do, yeah. And I, you can spend all the money on the market and get the phone to ring, but if you don't know what to say on the phone or what to do when you get there, then that's what you waste pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what about you, Lily? What were you doing to help out marketing uh, besides looking envelopes? <laughs> looking envelopes. Um, oh boy. Right, yeah. I remember it was. I remember the day that I watched a video and somebody's like, "We well, just write it out on white paper or just write, and then you can put it through your printer." And print it on the yellow paper, and it looks like you hand wrote it. Yeah, I tried that. <laughs> it worked. Uh, it, it worked, and it, I cussed a whole lot. Um, but there was, um, I mean, we do the text messaging now. Um, in the beginning, it was Craigslist. I don't, he handles the majority of the marketing. I'm great with the people. I love the appointments. Um, you know, it's our conversions are really, really good just because um, we, we just walk in and we care about the person in front of us. So it's important. If you don't care. If you don't care about that person that's in front of you and listen to their story, they're not going to buy into you. You have to get them to buy into you. I imagine you guys do well. Do you go into every appointment together as the husband and wife team? I'd say um, probably like 50 or 60 percent of them we go together. Um, if obviously if we can't both be there because I do have other appointments with the retail business, or if it's like we're pretty sure it's going to be a retail lead, I'll go. Um, I've gone on some that we knew there were going to be wholesales or, you know, obviously buy rehabs too. Um, but a lot of them we go together and the good thing is, is our, our personalities are so different um, that as soon as the person in front of us opened up their mouth, we kind of know who needs to take the lead. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I D and uh, it just, it, as soon as they start speaking, we know what we need to do. So yeah. They're, that's the they're referring to the DISC test. The yeah. DISC DISC test. Take it. You take it. Everybody needs to take that. Yeah. You learn about yourself. All you nerds that like to dive into psycho. psycho. I am that nerd. I am that <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. Not too much. Yeah, but like you said, the, you can do all the marketing in the world and get all the people, and if you don't know how to talk to those people and know what to do to convert it, there's no, there's no hope. <laughs> I hate to say it. No, Pair right. it with somebody that knows how to. <laughs> yeah. So Lane, besides having the punniest uh, business name out there, uh, what are you doing, buddy, for your? Uh... Well, people just call because my name. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love it. No, I, uh, I have. So if you're going to look at the disc test, uh, it's I'm more of an S and C. Okay. And so uh, I'm always, you know, looking at the numbers, making sure that the return is there. Uh, I, I really don't like to spend money and. Or kind of throw money against the wall and see what sticks. Like I want to know, OK, 
okay, what has this X percent of chance of sticking and doing well and what it's going to return? So uh, in the beginning, I just drove for dollars and I wrote out uh, letters like the Titus's did. And uh, I actually didn't get good response. The best response came from the return mailers that I would then skip trace and call and found uh, you know, that either they had inherited the property and that the homeowner had no longer uh, been living or uh, they had moved out and the, the, uh, you know, somebody was helping them sell it, those types of things. Yeah, I just want to stop you right there, man. Like, if anybody's doing direct mail and they get the return mail, that is definitely something to it's look at. Yeah, because you mean, it might say vacant on there because it'll, it'll come back in the, the little yellow strip from the post office and say vacant or maybe uh, even deceased sometimes, right? And so uh, you kind of measure the level of, um, what's the motivation? Yeah, motivation uh, just on that. So that's really cool that you uh, say. So usually the hardest people to find are the best ones. Right. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, anyway, uh, from there, uh, so I was cold calling, uh, but I was also using Google Voice to text uh, okay. until they banned me from texting because I kept <laughs> they, they said I was spam. So, uh, but, but all of that was that was free. I mean, or relatively free. I mean, you're paying for postage and, and materials, but I mean, in, in the grand scheme of marketing, it's free. Anybody do so, anybody do bandit signs here? We did it. Uh, so I just ordered some. Yeah. I, I've never done bandit signs. Well, put on eighteen. How it works? So I got my first deal from a bandit sign. Um, I got so I, when I first started out, I think I'd scrape grand together to put the, towards marketing and it was running out really quick. I sent a couple rounds of postcards and got nothing. And um, Somebody told me to just laser focus on the neighborhood. So I started sending mail to that neighborhood. I put bandit signs everywhere. And it worked. I got my first deal out of it. That's about the most successful area with bandit signs. We just uh, we just uh, had our uh, yep. bird dog kid put out some and we got a couple Thanks, Bird Dog Well, so not only were you putting out band signs in a really microcosm of an area, but you were doing that because you knew there was a buyer associated in the area that you were like, okay, this guy's a strong buyer. I can go ahead and you know flip in my house really quick and make it. Yeah, somebody easier. just told me like instead of just trying to blanket the whole area, focus on a neighborhood where you know you'll have a buyer. Yeah, did, did any of you guys? Did you guys, did you do that or did you have buyers in your back pocket where you knew like, okay, this person's looking for this kind of house, I'm going to target this area or did you kind of just do it wherever? Uh, no, I was my buyer. So I knew that I wanted to, what I wanted for a house and whatever didn't work, I just, you know, kind of wholesaled and I kind of had some people that I knew, like the guys over at Household Easy. Yeah. Uh, Bill Merritt was a mentor of mine and so I kind of had some people that could at least help me. Okay. Uh, but all of my deals, uh, very beginning uh, were uh, just rentals and, and flips for me. And then uh, actually my very first wholesale that came from marketing, Brian, you went to that one over on Aqueduct and you like wrote me up an offer right in the yeah or, right in the, the driveway. Or was whatever. that the firehouse? Was it? No, that, it, it wasn't fire. It was uh, Aqueduct had a fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember the one though. I don't think I got it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it, uh, uh, yeah. That that one one came from a return mailing. Uh, but basically, uh, I guess yeah. I forget what we were talking about now. <laughs> early our early stages of marketing. Yeah. Oh, one thing that I was gonna say is like you're talking about a bird dog kid. 
Yeah. So if you're watching this and you're and you're young and you have lots of time, like that's is your best asset. Yeah. yeah. Because as you get older, you have kids, you have a family, or even just a career, like you have less and less and less time. You never have more time. And so uh, that's what I did for household easy. I tried to uh, do as much as I could to be around them and learn through osmosis. And I would recommend try to focus on that and try to build value before you just go in and say, hey, I'll split a deal with you. Yeah. you know, because people that know what they're doing, they, they don't really have time for that. You know, you need to make yourself valuable and bring value to those people and you will learn through osmosis. Yeah, you can't you can't just expect to bleach off somebody and steal all the secrets and not give anything in return, you know. So um, yeah, I would say yeah, starting up, driving for dollars. To do this business full time, you gotta either have time or money. If you have both, that's great. Yeah. But yeah. how are you doing? <laughs> I think I had time and a lack of common sense because I was throwing money at the wall. I was just like and, 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 and I didn't want to do all the handwriting, so I think it was Ron LeBrand's. I just ordered all the mail. I think I spent like three thousand dollars a month. Oh no! Oh no! Each month. When you just the first when, when I first started. Yeah. So I have his discs at home. I've got the book of CDs that how to buy houses and all that from around. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you about the. Um, so, like you said about those return mails, yeah. most people will give up. Yeah. You know they'll yeah. they'll see that it's undeliverable and they'll just throw it aside and take it off their list and. Yeah. And those are the ones, like you said, they're hard to find, and those are some of the best deals because if you then deep dive and you pull them and you skip trace them and you call them and you, you know, stick a sign in their yard that's for sale, yep. you know, put your phone number on, they're going to call you upset. But you got to what did you do so, in the side of my yard? So that's, that's a good point. So you talk about skip tracing and stuff like that. So yeah. when did you start going into the skip tracing realm? What service did you first use and everything like that? We had that one lady. Was that the first? Yeah, so we had someone off Fiverr. Was it Fiverr or Upwork or some some VA, right? But okay. she charged um, you know, more than we paid. Now we're just paying really like 15 expensive. I think I paid like two bucks to skip a trace back then. Yeah, so but, it was very small. It she was, was a very private, she was a private investigator out of you know, Florida, and so she could really deep dive. Dirty. So it was great if you paid for it. If you really wanted her to go deep, it's ten bucks. So she's still around. If anybody wants it, I can give you the info. But ten bucks per lead. Ten bucks per lead. Like, yeah. I got a stack of people that I have not been able if, to contact. Because a lot of times you can skip trace them and everything, you can't find them. So this person would deep dive. But you know, find now now we everybody, you know, if, well I said everybody new people, but you can do batch skip tracing, fifteen cents. Yeah. So it's so know. much easier to get a hold of data. now. Yeah. So I just started a few years ago. No, so my mind is blown. There's virtual and private investigators. Yeah. Have virtual assistants that'll virtual assistants. yep. You'll pay them. They'll actually run the list, right? And they'll depending on what you want, they'll try to do batch skip tracing, or they'll say ten dollars, and they've got access to all the private and bit like different credit reporting things that you can actually deep dive and huh. dive deeper. It's want. expensive. Write that down. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> ten bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Little We've only used it a couple of times. Usually, yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure. So one of the first pieces of advice I got when I started out um, was you got to do multiple forms of marketing. Yeah. You can't hang your hat on one thing. I mean, the market's going to change. Services might get shut down. It comes out, come out some need or yeah. get priced out of like Google pay per click. So um, what, what do you guys think about people that say, oh, it's real estate investing is so saturated. It's, there's no deals, you know. <laughs> Obviously, 
it's just, you do, you have to go different avenues. And like this year, one of the things that we're focusing on is really building relationships with people who would come in contact with a motivated seller. And because, you know, up until now, everything has been cold for us. And I think we had, we bought maybe two houses from people we knew. And it was so freaking easy. Nobody else was there. Nobody else knew about it. Yeah. Uh, we made a good amount of money off of it. And, and it was, you know, and it was a win-win for everybody. And uh, so that's why this year we're really focusing on, at least I am, he's still, you know, plugging away. I like the people. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been focusing on, you know, building relationships with other wholesalers, people that are just getting into investing, um, realtors, um, things like that, just to get out there. But there's, there's houses everywhere. You can drive up the street and find a vacant house on, you know, one in five streets, easy, in any neighborhood. Yeah, when we sat down and went over our numbers for last year, we, uh, yeah, I think we counted, we did four or five referral deals, and but that revenue-wise accounted for like a third of our business. Yeah. 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 Just because like you said, it's your deal to lose. There's no competition on it. They're coming straight to you. You're the trusted buyers. So. Exactly. Now, that being said, don't go for the jugular for anybody who's listening. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously no, not. No. Like, be ethical. I mean, we, we always, what we do is we always we have a packet present the comps, we, we talk about what they could do. We say, hey, we're not the best buyer for you as far as like if you're if your main concern is price. Yeah. Right. That that's your main concern. We can have we have other solutions for you. But you know, for speed and convenience and all that stuff, like here's what we'll do. So we're, we're very honest and that builds a level of credibility and rapport, yep. I feel like. So where people feel like, okay, you know, they know we might sell the property, but they know we we might want to keep it or whatever the case is. So it's just there's nothing there that's gonna make people um, think you're doing something something nefarious. So. Exactly. Yeah, one of the houses that we, we just remodeled and sold it last month, it was a realtor owned it. He knew good and well that he could have just painted it, thrown it back on the market, made a bunch of money. But he just didn't want to. But we always go in and give the, the different options. And like, um, I've even gone in one time to fit me, um, but gone in and the house wasn't in bad shape. And I said, okay, well, I'll pay for your little bit of a remodel. It was like three grand, and then I'll sell it for you. And then I'll just get the three grand back whenever we sell it. Uh, twice it worked, once it bit me. <laughs> so, yeah, it bit me, it bit me. Yeah. We've got a few people jumping on here. Pat, hey, what's up? Melissa, hey, what's going on? Dan says, love your story. Thanks for watching, Dan. Kenton, loves freedom. I know you do, buddy. Ariel, great content. Thanks for watching, Ariel. Hey, if you guys got any questions, drop them in the comments. We're talking wholesaling and direct marketing. So, so Lane's got the mic here, and I want to talk to you. So we're kind of getting into the negotiation space, and we talk about how you're in high, high S and high C, and really like some of the markers. We're all the same mastermind. We talked about a couple weeks ago, like having a high I is probably the more ideal um, trait to have when it comes to negotiations. But I feel like with you knowing numbers so well, that adds a bit of credibility. So you can speak to those. I'm sure that you do, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you kind of talk some of the numbers and stuff like that with the with the with the seller, so they they become more comfortable that way, as opposed to maybe just a direct like relationship building. Is that am I accurate with that, or how do you? How do you so, I've I've been trying to learn a lot about sales because sales isn't a natural space for me. Uh, I feel like I the success that I've had with sales has been from authenticity. And uh, like we have people tell us, you know, when we text them, uh, you know, I get a million texts every week, you know, but we went with yours because we could tell that you were different. Yeah. You know, so that just goes 
to the authenticity aspect is probably the number one uh, thing for for sales. You really need to care. Yeah. You know. Uh, but then uh, beyond that, with the numbers, it's it's tricky because uh, I remember my very first uh, uh, deal that was a referral. So I already have the space. The deal is mine. It was would have been. I mean, it is super easy. It was super easy, but. Uh, I made it more difficult by bringing in all like vomiting information on the <laughs> sellers that literally did not care. Yeah. In fact, uh, there was a moment where I thought I lost the deal because I was going through line by line with the contract with them, and they thought that I was trying to scam them. <laughs> so that's interesting. By being more, by providing more information, yes. they had a negative. Do you have? Did they say this why, or did they give me any feedback on there, or just kind of? No, I. I there's just something in their eye, yeah. their, their eyes that I could see. Oh, they're they're getting frightened by all of this information because they didn't understand, it, you know, and they knew that I did. And so uh, I just in that moment I like kind of flipped a switch and kind of started, you know, less information and tried to make it more comfortable. And I, you know, kind of made light of the situation. It was like, you know, hey, you know, I'm. I'm I'm happy to help you out. <laughs> uh, this person that referred you, you know, I'm happy to do whatever will make you comfortable. Uh, but that is one danger to that. I, I would say that the, the benefit to it is that uh, if you can do mental math really quickly in your yeah. head, you yeah. can just say, hey, here's the comps, here's what it's going to take to fix up, and then this is what I can offer you. And when you can make those numbers as simple as possible, as quickly as possible, it really helps them like, oh, if my house is only worth 150 and you gotta put 50 into it, it makes sense that you would want to make 20 grand from it. So yeah. that's why your offer is only 180, which is only half of you know what my house is yeah. worth. Yeah, like so. you you're not gonna really win deals by trying to prove to them that you know everything about real estate. It's all about honesty, likability, and showing you have certainty right. and just being transparent. Um, most most people that are in distress, they just need help. They need a solution, and you just got to be a helpful, friendly real estate buyer. You know? Right. Uh, like you said, doing the mental math on the spot. I've misread the situation before, where I think, hey, I'm dealing with this person who seemed very analytical and to the point, straight shooter. Where I'll actually like do all my numbers right in front of them. You know, sometimes it's worked, but it's also backfired on me a couple times. Where they're like, oh, you. Got you guys are, these numbers are crap. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I could get it done for half of that. Yeah, to add to that, we have some questions here we want to get to, but to add to that, like, you got to know where they're at. So if you throw out, like, hey, I think it's going to take 50 grand to, to rehab the house, like, I can get it done for 10. <laughs> yeah, you got to know who you're talking to a little bit. So, mm -hmm. Let me get your, your contract. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that worked just the other day. We went on an appointment, and the seller was really agreeable. He had an asking price, and I said, okay, well, we're going to put this much into it. We can sell for this, and here's where I need to be. We're, we're close, but we're not you know, quite there. You think we get something done? Well, if you come up to you, we're going to get it. Easiest appointment I think we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's awesome. Yeah. So let's get, we got some questions. Yeah, Kenton says, what's what's the marketing method for all your all your all's most recent purchases? Ooh, so what last marketing method for your purchase? Most recent purchase? Uh, realtor. Realtor? Mm -hmm. Realtor referral. Uh, cold text. Cold text. We, use, we use launch control. I have an office assistant that's local here, and uh, she actually, I knew her from a prior uh, engineering job, and she got into real estate. We kind of connected that way, and 
she just has an authentic, uh, she makes the templates and, you know, she really makes the connection and then kind of hands it off to me. And, Funny, we have like the exact same setup. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're using launch. We got a local assistant sending all the. Time. Why do I feel like you have like a twenty-person team behind you, and you're just like super stealth about it? <laughs> 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 like, you just bought a commercial building out of nowhere, and like you do all this stuff. It's really cool. But yeah, our most recent deal was also a cold text uh, from Launch Control. It was a it was a big beta list that pulled. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are always asking, what's like the goal for this? I think a lot of people overthink that, honestly. Like, you got it, let me know. <laughs> yes, I've never I, I, it. The golden list is the one that you use over and over and over. And over yeah. again. You, how many touches? Uh, how many touches has it been? Like, sort of best deals where it's just like. 18 months. Yeah. Just seven Two years. Yeah, Two years. Wow. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, the person that they don't text you back, they call back or yeah. something like that, right? So just the follow up, fortunes in the follow up for sure. Uh, yeah, what else was I going to add to that? So, um, so yeah, we did, so we did a we just we stacked a list. We, you know, we pull equity, we stack it with you know liens and you know bankruptcy, whatever might be a motivating factor. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get leads out of any kind of motivating list unless you totally just screw it up. So. Well, you're gonna get leads out of even you know we pulled neighborhoods and um, you know not exactly motivated list, but just pull an equity neighborhood or I was just pull a neighborhood that I just buy my house and. Yeah. Just hit the whole thing, and it's remarkable that there's people around that, you know, off-market deals. There, there's people that, for COVID reasons, they haven't listed their house yet, and yeah. they're thinking about it. And you can buy deals that way. I mean, there's realtors that have agents, yeah. or you know, that have their people there that can, you know, sell you their house. I mean, that was yeah. like you said, we bought from an agent, and then the the one we did before that, the guy we talked two years ago, and he had tenants, and I just continually followed up with him, you know, and yeah. finally I, I called him, I started texting him, he really wasn't being responsive, picked up the phone, and sure enough, he goes, all right, I think it's time. <laughs> so much, it's awesome. always about timing, like yeah. the, the most recent deal we just did, um, and I mentioned earlier about people thinking the market's too saturated, well, I mean, there's some truth to that, there's a lot of people yeah. doing what we're doing out there, but I mean, I heard on a recent podcast about six to six to ten percent of any market is in distress at any given time. So in St. Louis, there's in St. Louis Metro, there's like two point eight million here. Um, that it's about one hundred sixty-eight to two hundred eighty thousand properties that could be distressed. I can't buy that many. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot of investors in town, but lots to plenty to go around for everybody. You know, people are always destroying houses. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and they're always going out of date. Yeah, every second someone's just trying. Happens every day, man. But uh, yeah, the the guy that we just got the deal from, uh, he showed me all the different messages from other investors. Like, yeah, it might have been you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, I'm sure we were both on that list. Yeah, yeah. 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 so we So a lot of people, yeah. But it was like six or seven times before he responded. It was just the right time for him to do it. So. So yeah, I mean, like talking about the house a little bit. So like we're, I'm not saying we're super advanced, you know, wholesalers and stuff like that, but we do, have, we definitely have the capability to take down houses. We have yeah. rehabs going on. We have a whiteboard with two rehabs on it right now. We're like three. We got rentals and stuff going on. And so like we're, we buy, we buy more homes a month now than we can possibly do. So that's why yeah. we, you know, definitely wholesaling is great for a business model. But it, like Lane did when he first started, he was really looking, he was really doing direct seller for his own personal use, but yeah. then wholesale as kind of like an afterthought to it. So. It works for everybody. You got to be the source of the deal. That's the best thing to be right. the source of the deal for sure. Yeah. yeah.
So what are you guys doing uh, in this? I mean, we talked about how we all started marketing and everything, but 2021, what kind of stuff are you guys doing? What kind of systems are you using in your business that you really like? Well, so, so kind of on your point about it being a strategy, that's the way we look at it. So wholesaling, the way we look at it is we walk in, we'll never lock up a house and we're not going to buy it. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes we'll turn away deals because there's probably someone out there that would buy it. But for me personally, if it's not in my strategy, yeah. then I'm going to tell the seller that, you know, here's where it's, you know, it's not, you know, what you want. It's here's where I'm going to buy it at. And a lot of times we'll pass up on deals that somebody will do. But, you know, I think that that helps us because we don't, it's just a strategy for us. Maybe, maybe we go in there to, to buy the house as a rental and then something else comes up two weeks later while we're going through title and it's a better opportunity for us. And so we'll sell that one off and buy this. And, yeah. and so I think that the, the the misconception is pe some people new in the game, they'll try to, to get into wholesaling and then if they can't find the buyer, they'll, there's not a, sometimes it gets a bad name and I think I want to clarify that wholesaling is just a strategy. It's, it's not, you know, lock it up, pray that you can get it. If you can't get them low enough, back out of the deal. Yeah, right. You know, you, we, we don't yeah. do any contingencies. There's nothing. When we leave the house, we're stuck and we're, we're buying that. Thing. <laughs> there's, there's no inspections, there's no financing. It's just that, but that's why we buy less because we make sure that we know we can. And then if we do wholesale it, fine. It's great. If, if not, we'll rehab it. We'll keep it as a rental. So um, we keep buying houses for 10K and say, Charles, I think you'll be fine. That's, yeah. that's never happened again. That was a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Don't you say that. I hope it happens again, but it's definitely a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, but going into like marketing now, like she said, we've never dealt with realtors. We've oh. never dealt with, we've never bought from realtors and we've never bought from wholesalers. Ever. And this year we bought uh, two from realtors and one from wholesaler already. So if anybody's a realtor watching this, we all buy homes, please send us your deals. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Send us your as is stuff you don't want to lose. Keep both sides of the commission. Um, so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Lane, what are you doing, buddy? What are you focusing on? Uh, so, I'm very much in a growth phase. Uh, I've been doing this about five years and uh, last year was just incredible. It was, it was crazy. Some of the deals that came through, particularly the last half of the, deal, or of the year. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I bought a commercial property uh, with uh, my broker, I'm sort of partnered on the deal and we're currently trying to figure out, you know, hey, is this like a partnership for a full business type of thing? So um, essentially I've just had this everything hat on for so long that uh, I don't know, life is just kind of gray now. It's just like, oh man, it's tough. So uh, trying to do it. How big is the business, the commercial, is that? Uh, it's 2,000 square feet uh, and it's got eight offices. Okay. And uh, it's out in St. Charles at 94 and 64. Nice. Not 64, 94, 364. And so uh, anyway, if you're looking for office space, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's a little shameless plug. Uh, so you're going to put your office in there and then right now? Yeah, yes, yeah, so we're going to use it. And then the, the idea of it is to have it as a real estate investor hub or even you know real estate in general. So, so um, I know it's about, we're still talking about wholesaling, but can I ask you what the projected cash flow is for that building for you? I, it's not going to be much profit. It's right. just going to pay for itself. Okay. And so the way that we looked at it was just, hey, if we have an office building for that free. pays for itself, yeah. You know, so, and be able to have like-minded collaboration in there. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, if we can't get people in there that are in real estate, we'll take somebody that's, you know, a carpet cleaner, you know, whatever, sure. whatever industry, but um, like 
if we just we needed the space, we needed to justify some of that more professional business look. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we're doing. Um, but uh, doing that, uh, I'm going to try to replace myself in a few activities because it's just getting daunting. And uh, what's the biggest thing you need to hire out? The little stuff, man. Uh, my marketing manager lady, uh, she only works about 20 hours a week. Um, and she is stepping that up to 30 hours a week once we move into the office. Uh, but she doesn't, for 30 hours a week, you don't have time to do all the little stuff and focus on marketing. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, Probably going to have a full-time admin to handle all the little stuff, uh, and then uh, probably project manager after that to kind of alleviate things. Or if I partner with my, my uh, broker, he would take over the projects. Yeah. Well, so as an aside, are you are you a licensed agent? I am a licensed agent. I don't know. <laughs> so stealthy. He is stealthy. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't know. I like everything. There's a lot going on over there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think. It's, <laughs> All right, so uh, back to the topic here for a minute. Forms of marketing, systems, what, what are you guys uh, using that's working well for you? Um, kind of on his point is leverage. You have to have the people behind you because uh, you can't do everything forever. You really can't. I mean, you know, we have a virtual assistant, uh, virtual assistant we do a lot of automation, yeah. um, a transaction coordinator. Um, the big thing, you just have to, have, I'm reading about who, not how. Mm-hmm. And you have to have those who's in your life because it's otherwise you could go. We're paying somebody. I don't even pay my own house bills anymore. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. So just have somebody else do it. So there's people for that. There are. There's people for everything. You got to do who's for everything. Nice. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you can talk more about systems for sure. Yeah. So um, big on you know, obviously, you know, if you're starting out, you don't need a thousand dollar a month software system. Yeah. You can if you want to, but uh, if that doesn't dictate the deal, but you know, we pay, we use launch control, so we use that for text messaging. We've used uh, call tools, Mojo for cold calling. Yeah. Um, I don't do cold calling on a mass scale. I know you mentioned it, but it works for when I pick up my phone and do it a lot of times. Yeah. But I think it's more of a once they kind of go warm. I don't do cold anymore. I think that uh, unless I have to do it to get get them, I don't mess with that. But we've got uh, the virtual assistant. She'll come in there and she'll kind of do the cold stuff out there. She'll filter all the marketing. Yeah. And then when it becomes warm, when there's some engagement, that's when I'll jump in, and then we'll kind of do and see if we can set the appointment. And then, like I said, we and her go out there, and we just offer it to them. Uh, you know, do you want to list it? Oh, you want a hundred thousand dollars? I'd probably be at sixty. You know, I think though, if you did this, this, and this, we'd probably you know, it'd be better for you. And I think that when you add that value, then people yeah, they say they say, wow, you know, you know, this is a little bit different than. Someone calling them on the phone and saying, nope, I'm not going to come to your house. I live in New York, but I'm going to lock it up on the phone. Yeah. But I'm going to get my inspector out there to do everything. So there's, you know, there's it, that people thing definitely gets them. Um, but Podio, launch, call tools, those are kind of what we use. So is text messaging been your number one foreign marketing, you'd say? Overall, yeah. just because that's we've got forward into it. And I think that text messaging is definitely a learning curve. You can't, like, if you think you're going to dump, money into it and text them just one time and automatically you're going to be a millionaire. I mean, it takes, it just takes a lot of, you know, there's, there's a system behind it, right? That, you know, just like direct mail, I got to text people, like you said, six times before. And if you don't have some kind of system in place to follow up with that, those people are going to get, and you know, there's so much, so much data in in this state, you know, and then like, well, like we moved to Chicago, but so 
that's that's kind of where we're at. It's just making sure we maximize what we're doing. Right. Yeah, when we first started, we just bought a big list and uh, pretty much every area we wanted to keep properties in. And uh, we got lucky. We got a contract like for the first batch of messages that went out. Yeah. But then it was kind of a little, it took kind of a couple months to really start building up some needs from that and uh, start closing deals consistently. But, um, we've had our ups and downs with the texting. It was great yeah. for a while. Then there was a period last year where uh, the carriers were making all these uh, yeah. changes with TPC or TPC models. Is that right? Sounds good though. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the CPA maybe the, the censorship uh, stuff. And, uh, yeah, it almost came to a halt there. We had yeah. to kind of shift. For so that kind of speaks mm-hmm. to us, like we talked about earlier, like don't just do one form of marketing. Yeah. You got you got to do multiple because when one dips, another one goes up. Like we've had deals, we've had times where like direct mail was pulling all the way, text messaging was pulling all the way, realtors, um, and then and then like uh, we we do some Facebook stuff as well, uh, not the sponsored, but just posting things like that. Um, so like kind of all, there's like a trend it seems like themes every single month. Like oh, we get a lot of this kind of stuff, a lot of that kind of stuff. So you got to make sure that you're doing multiple forms of marketing as to yeah. you know. Fill in for zips. Yeah, I mean, I think you gotta find five forms of marketing that work for you. I mean, I don't think you need to be, I mean, dumping like twenty grand into a monthly mail budget. You can, you know, but go buy some houses. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's let's not. I have this question. I guess since Scott has the microphone, you can pass it over if you need to. So, if you're into like a, a new wholesaler investor starter kit, what would be the form of marketing you would do? What would be the systems that you would have around that marketing? Um, and then, what, how, who would you look into for sales? Um, for well, sales. Okay, so if, if it was a new investor, so I actually kind of did something on the way over here because I thought, you know, if I was just starting out from the ground up, you know, I'm interviewing for undercover billionaire, just you know, about <laughs> <laughs> to start on the ground up with, with hundred dollars. You know, what would I do on the way over here to this podcast? I we had some time to kill. We actually drove down the neighborhood. And we found a house that looked, you know, a little out of shape. You know, it was kind of the siding was a bad shape. I wrote it down. I immediately pulled over, went to our skip trade software, skip traced it, got the phone numbers, started texting the sellers. And I'm still waiting. Obviously, you know, I was hoping I'd get something back before we get it. But it's just that quick. I mean, I was in a 10 minutes, and I've got these people now. You know, obviously, you you know, you're going to want to expand on that, but that'll teach you to you know start calling the relatives, text them. I might send them a letter later because now I know there's a house that may not be on a list that someone else knows about. And, and I know about that's the value of driving for dollars. Um, I absolutely despise driving for dollars. I'm the worst at it. Just one I love it. I can't do it. I'm just, I'm just too impatient and I can do it for probably about 18 minutes max. <laughs> and then I just, so I'm not very good at that process. So, you know, text messaging is good, cold calling, yeah. but then it comes down to, even if you get in the door, you got to be able to convert it. So I would tell them to practice on their craft, you know, first, figure out the business, and then when you got that, then really throw your twenty grand into whatever you want. Yeah. Cool. Lane, what about you? What's working well for marketing systems these days? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm using the launch control and the text text messaging and stuff. Uh, I am doing direct or not direct dollars, uh, direct mail. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I think Facebook marketing is if you're gonna do any type of online marketing, Facebook is the way to do it because it's yeah it's not not that pricey. Relatively inexpensive. Relatively yeah. 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 Uh, but I think you gotta dial it in. So uh, basically what I've been doing is just 
being very surgical with my approach to marketing. And I don't do a whole lot of deals. Um, every year has, has ramped up, but last year I did 16 deals, and that, that was the most I've ever done by far. Sure. The previous year I think I did like a dozen or 11, something like that. And uh, this year I plan to do 30, and I'm still I, I'm theoretically on track. I, I did three in, in January. Um, sure. But uh, it's just ramping up those things gradually and having the systems in place to carry them. What I'm finding is if you just jump in, a lot of stuff's going to fall through the cracks because you have huge, massive cracks. So you're trying to fill in the cracks and make sure that your systems are following up and that you're tracking, you know, because I have somebody that works on this 20 hours a week and that's her focal point, and she still lets things fall through her cracks, you know, because we don't have these systems to live by. Yeah. And so I can't tell someone, hey, this is the system that you need because it's going to be dependent on your personality and the people working for you. And you just need to figure out something to work for you. Uh, you do need some uh, software programs. I would suggest like launch control or some type of text messaging platform and a skip tracing platform. And then probably like Podio, you can use the free version of it. Uh, and then just try to build something out that works for you. Very simple. Simple is, is what you need yep. starting. Yep. And for the people that are very first starting, I would recommend just a pen and paper. Like go drive around, you know, take photos, maybe use Deal Machine if it's not too expensive now, uh, and uh, for your driving dollars, and then you know, take photos, pen and paper, write down the address, and then you know, everything from there. Yeah, start simple, scale up your systems and you know, start yeah. closing deals. Because it's easy to waste money in Oh, and yeah. consistency <laughs> is what makes that money worth it, you know, because uh, without consistency, it's, you know, you yeah, don't get it, and then you're done. That's the only thing I was going to add to that is consistency, yeah. right? And that's, and that's why we're, we're all still doing this business, because we're consistent with it. But also, I want to point out, like, the, the amount of deals that you did, um, and you're trying to hit 30, and so, like, there's other companies out there that are doing, like, 100, 200 a year. And by no means are you not successful just because you're not hitting those big numbers. Like you're, you're a small operation, you know, you're trying to grow a portfolio, you're doing some wholesale deals, like that's plenty for you. And just the fact that you're able to, on that amount of deal flow, you're able to buy a commercial building, you know, partner up and still be able to do that, speak fine. So, um, yeah, I think there's just this, you know, it's, this, it's kind of this glory factor. Like people think you gotta be doing hundred deals a year. Go big or go home. Be bro. successful. <laughs> I mean, sure, if you got a huge team of multiple buyers and different managers, I mean, just you and your assistant, right? A couple other people, yep. VAs maybe. I mean, same here, it's us. We've got a VA. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think people need to get hung up on trying to do 100 deals. If you do 15 or 20 really good deals, like you said, with your surgical approach, I mean, yeah, you're still crushing it uh, from what you're doing in your engineering job. Yeah, and that's lifestyle, right? Yeah. You, you bought your life back. Right. Talk about the reverse engineering. So the, we did our roles. We didn't need as much. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just on what you're saying about Scott this, sorry, talk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> is we we sat there in the beginning of the year and we really didn't do this. I mean, it's probably five years in. And a lot of times you just kind of wing it. You know, oh, we're just going to go through wholesale deals. We'll see how see how see balls get into you, right? You know. And this year we actually said, look, we want to. Have this many vacations. We want this car. We want, and we broke down what we needed for our business and everything to operate. And then we just we just divided that by what how many deals this is going to take. And 
for me, yeah, for me, I don't need to do, you know, one or two deals a month to make me happy. I'm actually looking for, instead of just volume, I'll take volume, but really just the, the quality yeah. I can make. I mean, me and her, this is, you know, kind of new, but we're, we're about to buy a storage facility. Really? So we're working on that. We're, we're close to the I know some good buyers for all our for storage units. So. Yeah, so and we want more storage facilities, but it's just it's bigger commercial real estate and I still still buy the ten thousand dollar house, but I'll also buy the storage facility because we're all ultimately looking for long term that wealth and that cash flow that if I decided tomorrow that I just wanted to spend a whole time on the beach, I wouldn't have to work. I'm mind reading here a little bit, Scott, but wholesaling is a bit of a grind, right? Because yeah. you always have to, you got the deal, it's like, yeah, I made a lot of money, and then it sells, and you're like, oh, yeah. I gotta go do it again, I gotta go do it again, always. So eventually, you know, there's kind of the journey of an investor, and you kind of start off as being a wholesaler, but eventually you want to become, what did Chris Root call it? Uh, dynamic investor. A dynamic investor, so you're doing all kinds of things, staying in deals longer to get more money out of it, and stuff like that. I, so, I still think we'll always wholesale. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're marketing and being that source, like strategy. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, you don't have to live and die by each day. No. Exactly. And that's and that's what that does. You really start to hold property and hold those assets yourself. You don't have as much of a you know the anxiety about how you're gonna get paid next. And I think that's a big thing too that I I was talking to him earlier about is that when we first started out, we were like we needed the deal. So when we when we jumped in, we for real jumped in. Like we quit our jobs, we didn't have we had nothing. Kudos to you by the way. Like no, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. It was it was really, really tough for the first two years. It was like horribly hard horribly hard. Yeah. And uh, deals were so much harder to get then because I think that the people on the other side of the negotiation knew that we needed it. Whereas now, like we don't we don't have, like, if we walk into a house, yeah, we want to buy it. It's a great opportunity, but we're not going to force it just so we can make a couple thousand dollars. Sure. You know, and I think that's I think that's a big part of it is to not have that anxiety of, oh, I have to, where's my next meal? And, you know, make sure that you're looking at these people and you're understanding what their situation is and figuring out, like, okay, what's the best? And just, you know, either way, if, you're go if you go in with an open mind and actually looking to help the person, you're gonna get it. Our conversions are fabulous yep. because of that. Because we walk in and I'm about to sell you my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. De Desperation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Desperation can feel like Yeah, it does. If you if you seem desperate or you need to, people can people can realize that. They'll eat you alive. You know, whether you're you know, whether you're trying to sell it to an end buyer or um, buying a house from a seller, yeah. they they can smell it from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Reeking of desperation is the same for a reason. What about in our business? What can we share? What's working well for us, Jake? Um, I think uh, I think what's been really awesome is just what we've been doing, on, or I shouldn't say we, but our assistant Laura's been doing on Facebook. I think it's, it's really great stuff. Um, she's basically posting groups and things like that, saying that she's looking for homes to buy. And it's producing results. It's also got some agents to raise their hand and, and send us some deals that way, um, which has been really good for us. Uh, it, it actually, our December was our best month ever, which is you know Q Q four Q one is usually a lull for yeah. for this industry, so that was really positive. Yeah. However, 2020 you just throw the rule book out the window, yeah. though, right? So, <laughs> so nothing made sense in 2020. But yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. It's just yeah, and dude, having those extra people in your business that are willing to do that, the the who not how, mm -hmm. you know. 
she's worth her weight in gold. I know you said you don't, you're not the biggest fan of driving for dollars. Like when we, like I said, when we first started out, we had no pipeline. So about each of us, an hour a day, we'd go out and drive. And we built up our pipeline, like, like 7,000 and something people in there now. And like, we have enough data. We've been texting them and calling them all. And every couple months we'll trim that down and then mail those people. So we're not wasting a bunch of money on a big, huge direct mail list. If you get really targeted with it, you can save a lot of money and just go after the deals that you know there's some motivation there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, we got wholesale deals, uh, rental, I think an agent referral out of this. So yeah, multitude of different uh, of, uh, exits from uh, driving out, for sure. Yeah, the deal machine, we combine that with launch. That's like been one of our biggest things, for sure. Oh, PLM. Property list manager. Do you guys use any kind of list stacking software? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We use uh, List Stack Plus. List Stack Plus. Okay. Yeah. So we just kind of it's the same thing, just kind of stacking the list of building out motivation. Now, I, I will say I'm not using it to the best of its ability right now. So that's one thing in this year I said, I need to really look deeper into that. It's always so, Exactly. But yeah, List Stack Plus, who we use. I've been using. Uh, Property list manager for a while now, and I just recently really started diving deep into it because we have enough data now that we can actually start stacking stuff. So I trimmed it down, and we're going to start a new mail campaign. Um, you guys heard of Ballpoint Marketing? Uh, they're a local yes. company, but uh, just a, a very much more professional looking note, uh, postcard and everything. Uh, we've been sending out these third notice mailers and final notice, and it's just like, a lot of the calls we get are just starting off on a bad note because people think, like, what's this all about? Why are you guys trying to trick me or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've done deals from those mailers, but it's just like, that's not where we're trying to go. You know? We'll start with you in this conversation. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not us, so. Lane, do you have something to add? Uh, no, for list stacking, it's, yeah. I use PropStream, uh, but uh, I'm really big, a big fan. I haven't used it uh, heartily. Yeah. And it's I'm really surprised. expensive. It's like $144 a month. That's, That's cheap. It's cheaper than PLM for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. But I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you're efficient. Yeah. No, you're not cheap. You're efficient. Price That's, right. Right. That's, right. That's mainly where I get data from. PropStream. Okay. Yeah. All my lists come from there. But yeah. I noticed there is one thing with PropStream, uh, especially when it regards to like MLS status. If something is off the MLS at any point, they count it as off the MLS. Hmm. And so it can be like pending. And it'd be off in the last hour. So, so you really got to dig into you know your stuff when you're pulling those those lists from there. Yeah, I've noticed that's okay. So yeah, I mean, you know, you can get really niche with your lists with your data. PropStream, there's kind of a limit with that, but it's still for the average investor, I think it's great. You know, yeah, you can get pretty trip target on your on your data in there. But um, well, guys, we're coming up on about an hour here. We should probably start wrapping it up. Uh, I like to end it sometimes with a little story about your worst and your best deal. Oh, best and worst. I think we touched on your guys' best deal already. Uh, yeah, the best one was definitely the Ipswich one. The worst one is one that we're doing now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wow. the, the, it's almost done. It's Korea. almost done. Yeah, it was one. It's an old house. It's 110 years old. And I, I've been praying for a tornado. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, everything. Everything that could go wrong did. Everything went over budget. We ended up having to rewire the entire house, completely plumb the whole house. 
uh, we found uh, we found termites in it. Had to build a build a whole wall. Had it framed mm -hmm. out. Um, HVAC. Um, people got bored during COVID. I don't know if anybody knew this, but like municipalities got bored during COVID. And if you run new ductwork in a house now, they make you put a return vent in every room. Mm -hmm. And it added like fifteen hundred dollars to our bid on the HVAC. So that was more. The roof leaked. Everything that could go wrong. Everything that could go wrong. So, hundred year old home. What's your rehab or what was your budget? And where are you at now? I have no idea where we're at. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, he knows. Scott, there you go. Seventy-three thousand dollars is where I'm at now, yeah. and started at fifty. That's a sixty percent jump in there. So, so twenty-three thousand dollars in boobs. You know, and that's why yeah. I tell people, you know, have a reserve account. Make sure yeah. you have, you know. The backup just to, you know, and luckily though, luckily, yeah, when we bought it, I only thought it was going to be worth 135 and we're going to list it for 160. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, it's, so, so, thank yeah. you, Market. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Crazy 2020. Well, you guys should still be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're going, to make yeah. it, we're going to make it work, but it does hurt though because, you know, a lot of people go, but a lot of people didn't want to come to work. You know, they're just yeah. sitting as contractors. Yeah. Couldn't get there. So, this thing, what we thought was going to be couple months. I mean, we're, we're into almost, what, eight, seven months. eight months, seven, seven eight months. months. Yeah. Especially for a hundred-year-old home, I mean, all that work. Yeah. yeah. Lane, what about you, best and worst deals? Uh, my best deal came last year from one that I've been following up with the seller for two years, and it was full sale, and uh, ended up netting 48. Oh. Holy smokes. Yeah. It's a great wholesale. And uh, were you surprised? I, I was. I was surprised that somebody would pay, would pay for it. Are you yeah. buying lunch today? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I happened last year, so. <laughs> so um, but I uh, just kept falling up, and I had made the offer uh, in, with the initial contact, and uh, we just kept everything the same, and things just, the can kept getting kicked down, and then the kicked down the road, and the market kept getting better, and so that's essentially what happened with that. Nice. Um, awesome. And then the worst one is one that I'm also working on right now. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm moving into this house, so oh, yeah. it's it's wow. not uh, as big of a deal. But I, I probably would have lost my shirt on on this one. Yeah. Uh, just one of those things. A whole bunch of stuff that you can't see going in. Uh, bed bugs uh, oh, are very expensive, and uh, to to guarantee removal. Oh, and uh, just. I underbid a lot of stuff. Uh, exterior work is very expensive. Very expensive siding work is very expensive. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, we, we just there was some foundation work had to redo stuff behind. You know, three of the walls are are exposed, and then the one wall that's not exposed has the foundation issue, of course. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just stuff. But I've been very blessed the last eighteen months or so, uh, just having projects that ran really smoothly. So yeah. it's just, I mean, from a number standpoint, it was bound to happen, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, being able to move into it helps keep everything a little, yeah, a little better. And it's so gonna it's be a awesome. brand new house. Yeah, family. It's a brand new house, literally. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing staying the same, I think, is the subfloor and studs. Yeah. So, oh wow. Well, that's really cool. Well, guys, it sounds like the key takeaway for me is. Even in marketing today, not much is different, but it really comes out of consistency and uh, outlook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, just keep on at it and keep following up. So.
Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're that wrapping works. up. Thanks for coming on. This is yeah. fun. Yeah. Do it again. We need more platforms like this. I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for watching.